thread. A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Hello again, this is Chuck Quinley. Welcome back. In this episode, we're going to talk about the prayer life of Jesus. The prayer life of Jesus. We're going to be in Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. We hope that you're enjoying these uh, short but deep Bible studies as we look verse by verse into the Gospel of Mark. I'd love it if you'd send me some comments, either on the Quinley.com website where you can find these podcasts or you can just email me, Chuck, at Quinley.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And again, if you have any suggestions about the, uh, about the Thread uh, podcast and ways that we can improve it, we would love to hear from you. You might also want to check out our ministry site, EmergeNetwork.org. EmergeNetwork.org. This is a, um, a ministry network that we've got set up for emerging leaders. Uh, typically from em- emerging nations, but also we have quite a few from, uh, well, all over the world that visit this site. We've got over a thousand members and want to encourage you because we've got resources there. That site is being developed week by week and we want to put good, good food there so that you can grow and benefit by it. So check it out, EmergeNetwork.org or my personal site, Quinley.com. We'll be right back. Let me open with a question to you. What is prayer in your life? What is prayer in your life? Is it um, a source of guilt? Is it something that you, you have to make yourself do? You know, prayer can be the engine for your life. It's where all the, the energy and the power is generated. Prayer can be your place of offloading where you just make... Uh, Lay your burdens on the Lord. Give him everything that's bothering and troubling you and just pour it out to him and you know, leave your prayer closet lighter. It can be a place of infilling when you are tired and empty and dry and you can go to that prayer place and you can just ask the Lord, would you fill me back up? Can this be my time when you fill me and you just worship, you just sing to the Lord? Sometimes uh, prayer is a time of instruction where you listen and you say, Lord, talk to me. Tell me what to do. What, what's the direction for my life? And the New Testament also teaches us that prayer is a way to help other people. Sometimes the, they need your help and prayer can do that. It can, it can raise somebody's spirit. It can heal their sick body. It can bring encouragement to their mind. It can cause money to come to them. It can cause miracles to happen for them. That it's an important way to help people. See, prayer can be all of these things. And Jesus understood the importance of prayer. And it it was at the very center of his spiritual discipline. Okay, let's read Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone's looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. 
and he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and he was casting out demons. I want to talk to you about your prayer life today. If you notice in verse 35, it says that early in the morning, a great while before daylight, Jesus snuck away. You know, I don't... um, It's going to be difficult for you to develop a good, strong prayer life if you can't make yourself get up before the busyness of your day. And um, this has been one of the battles in my own prayer life forever because I am, by the way I'm wired inside, I can easily stay up till 2 in the morning every night and every now and then till 4. But I'm comfortable staying up till 2. The world gets quiet. I really, really enjoy those late night seasons. But the problem with that is that then, uh, you know, you sleep in and let's say you get your eight hours sleep. Now you're waking up at 10 while the world starts business at eight. And it's a real discipline to to get up late and still stop everything that's already moving around you and the urgency that comes into your heart as soon as you wake up and realize you're already behind and uh, there's just something about that discipline. I'm not a morning person. I mean, I, I have enjoyed sometimes when I got up early to go hunting or to look at a sunrise. My wife and I once went to Mount Everest, uh, near Mount Everest, and watched the sun rise over Everest. And that was pretty cool. Um, you know, so morning can be special and it can really be special when it's your time alone with God. So I think if we're going to develop this discipline, we're just going to have to make ourselves get up early, which means you're going to have to go to bed uh, at a reasonable hour for the sake of your walk with the Lord. Now, there's also the night season prayer. And Jesus also knew about that one where he would he would start praying in the night hours and sometimes he would not sleep. He would pray all night long, especially if he had a very important decision to make the next day. He would rather pray than sleep and he wanted to make absolutely certain that he was going to do you know make make his steps proper so i want to encourage you in that you're going to have to set aside that sanctified time and i think too you need the place everybody needs a prayer place and it's not the same for anybody you know some people pray i've seen people i've done it myself go outside and sit in my car because it's like that cubicle and uh, that little cocoon and i can just be alone Uh, Some people literally go into a closet or go into a bathroom or go into their bedroom or take a walk in the woods or sit on the edge of a hill. When I was in college, I had um, there was this abandoned building and in the basement, I would go there to pray and others did, too. And it was it was really nice because there was no light. So you couldn't see anybody in there. But you heard these voices of people seeking God, sometimes singing, sometimes crying. But I never did know who all was in there. But it was like, God knows. You know, we're the ones that are answering the call of our spirit to turn off the TV, stop talking to people and get alone and spend some time with the Lord. Your life, I promise, will be a richer life if you will stop your activity and really time out and spend that time with God. Uh, Martin Luther said he had so much to do every day. He could never get it done without hours of prayer because you'll find that if you will put God first and if you'll give him the time that you need to develop a relationship with him, all the coincidences of the day will just happen for you. 
You won't have to go looking for people. They'll be there. It'll work. Life will work and it will flow. And Jesus understood that and he practiced it. Now, the opposite of a prayer life is what we see from uh, Peter in verse 36. Peter's looking for him. You know, Peter wakes up. Uh, there are people there. And, of course, you know, there's always a hungry, a hungry crowd. And they want urgently to have their needs met. You know, somebody said, um, you know, the difference between major surgery and minor surgery. Uh, minor surgery is when it happens to you. And major surgery is when it happens to me. And I think everybody is pretty much like that. And when people have a problem, it is an urgent problem. Nothing matters but their problem uh, because we all tend to be me focused. So once these people realize Jesus can take care of their problems, they just everywhere he goes, they mob him. And they're not really listening to what he's saying. They're just, you know, as he's speaking to them, they're they're just kind of going, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Wait, get to the part where you pass out the candy and you heal our bodies and you, you know, give us free food. So everywhere he went, he healed people because he loved them. Uh, but that would create this stir of human need. And so they would all come rushing to him. And, you know, so Peter is a guy who's really focused on pleasing the crowd and on giving people what they need. And he feels social pressure. And uh, he's an extrovert. And so he, he's feeling the pressure of all these people. And so that spurs him to action. And he's a leader. And so Peter takes leadership. And he starts running everywhere. Now, obviously, when he gets near Jesus, Jesus is on his knees. Or he is you know, speaking out loud to the heavens. Or he's in some prayer posture. And Peter sees that. And it's like it doesn't register. It doesn't uh, occur to him as a higher priority. And so P Peter rushes in and says, oh, stop, stop. Listen, everybody's trying to find you. Where did you go? You know, you're supposed to be on call all the time. And you're supposed to be out there taking care of all these people's needs. And this is where we start to see the, uh, I had a friend that called it the barrenness of busyness. You know, this activity junkie, action junkie, always got to be moving. And I think Peter, throughout the Gospels, plays the role of you and me. Um, you know, he's that very human, not the deepest spiritual person in the world. And God has to just keep working on his heart, keep opening his mind. It's, he's really a beautiful, rich character study. And so, you know, Jesus is now confronting this guy who does not have a deep spiritual life himself. He's in the ministry, and this happens a lot. He's in the ministry, but he does not have a deeply spiritual core. He doesn't have spiritual disciplines in his own life. He's not a faster. He's not a prayer. He's not uh, built up in his faith the way he, he needs to be. Um, you know, he's got to grow, and he's got to do something to grow. He needs to change his habits and get himself in a position to grow spiritually. Jesus sees all that. Recognizes Peter's need. And so he turns to Peter. And Peter says, okay, so let's go back and get, get some more healing going. And Jesus says, no, actually, let's sneak off. Uh, go tell the disciples, come join me. Get all the stuff. And we're going to another town. And Peter's going, what? You know, there's all this need. And it's like, well, there's need everywhere. My job is to preach. Because Jesus understood priority. He's doing, he doesn't have a, he, you know, it's funny. He's the Messiah, but he doesn't have a Messiah syndrome. He's got a mission to, to perform. And his mission is 
I'm supposed to preach in every town in this nation. That's the purpose. Verse 38. That is the purpose for which I have come. I am primarily a prophet of God. I'm going to these cities to tell them the message of the gospel, give them their opportunity to repent and change and move and enter the kingdom of God. And I've got to declare that opportunity to as many people as I can. I'm going to every city. Let's move out. This is really important because I've seen pastors that had beepers and every little personal problem in their church. You know, that beeper goes off and this guy is jumping up from dinner and got to go save somebody else, you know, who's crying on the phone. And okay, they're crying, but you know, if people have marriage problems, I can promise you going over to their house at three o'clock in the morning is not going to solve their marriage problem. That problem took months to develop and it'll still be there tomorrow. Now there's times that somebody's bleeding and there's something that's truly an urgent, you know, they need care. And that, that was always my hospital rule. If somebody's really sick, there's blood, there's serious situation. I'll go. I'll go at any time of the night. You better wake me up. I want to be there. I want to be in that hospital when that crisis is going on. But uh, if you're going to live a life as a caregiver, and this is where it's different, you know, if you're a guy that's driving down the road and you see somebody in the ditch bleeding, you just stop and deal with him. Get your clothes messy, you know, get your personal life messed up with his life. That's fine. That's a one-time thing for you. But if every single day you're going to be a paramedic, you got to have different rules for your life because you can't take this home. You can't take every sick person home to your wife and put them in the bedroom and nurse them all back to health. It seems nice, you know, and you'll feel like the, a good person for doing it, but you just can't live like that day after day. You got to set some different rules. And, uh, you know, there's a, you got to have priorities. You got to know what your mission is, know what you're called to do and do the thing you're called to do. What we're all called to do and what is going to make our life succeed is to get our spiritual core as strong as it can be. You know, when your output exceeds your intake, your upkeep will be your downfall. Peter denied the Lord later on in life. He needed to learn these lessons. None of the disciples were ready and fit spiritually the way they needed to be. Jesus was their model, and they needed to model after him. They should have all been up. They should have all been out there praying. Interesting, too, he didn't require them to pray. I never thought of that until just now. You know, he, he didn't go around waking them up every morning going, all right, guys, 6 a.m., time to pray. Everybody up, everybody praying. No, if you're not called to pray, if you don't feel a calling, if you don't care about prayer, if it doesn't, if you're not motivated to do it, it's between you and God. You're going to have to work that out. And you're going to, you're going to get the spiritual life that, you know, you pay for. But Jesus understood this is how you're supposed to live, guys. And eventually the disciples do turn to him and say, would you teach us how to pray? Uh, we see what it's doing in your life. Look at verse 39. This is our conclusion. He was preaching after this praying, after this prioritization, knowing his message, doing only the highest priorities day after day. He was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and he was casting out the demons. So you're going to get the power when you pray for the power. So read the red letters in the Bible, words of Jesus, put those deep in your heart. And pray for the power. Do it day after day after day. And God will build you up and use you in his kingdom. That's all for now. Remember, Quinley.com for my personal site. Uh, EmergeNetwork.org. 
for the Emerge Network uh, site there. You can meet other leaders just like yourself. Thanks. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 